You're listening to the Sports Rehab Experts Podcast. We sit down with some of the most highly regarded experts in the field of rehab, from physical therapists, athletic trainers, and much more. We dive into what makes them tick and hear about the lessons they have learned along their journey. Come listen to what these experts have to say. And welcome inside to the latest episode of the Sports Rehab Experts Podcast. Today we have a very special guest. We have the minor league PT for the San Francisco Giants, Tom Battaglia. Tom, welcome in. Thanks. Appreciate it. All right, Tom. Why don't you give the people a little bit of background about yourself? Yeah, so I grew up in Minnesota originally, a super small town about an hour and a half north of the Twin Cities. Um, I went to undergrad up in Duluth, Minnesota, so the tip of Lake Superior at the University of Minnesota Duluth. I did my undergrad in both biology and exercise science, and I came down to the University of Minnesota Twin Cities campus in Minneapolis for PT school, and I finished up there in 2019. And then I worked for a year in an outpatient orthopedic clinic, uh, just a private practice, and then this past year, I finished up a sports physical therapy residency at M Health Fairview in Minneapolis. And then just this past August, so a few months ago, I started down in Scottsdale as one of the uh, minor league physical therapists with the San Francisco Giants. Okay. So I wanted to go a little bit back to your time um, at your residency at M Health. Kind of tell us a little bit why, or tell us a little bit more about why you decided to go through a residency route rather than you know, continuing to work. Um, just general outpatient ortho. Yeah. So, I mean, throughout school, I guess going into PT school, I knew I wanted to go into sports. Like I wanted to, I wanted my practice to be primarily athletes, if not my practice being entirely athletes. So going through school, I was trying to figure out ways that I could make this happen. And I think we had my first year of school, uh, PT school, we had an informational, informational session with several of the residency programs. And my ears kind of perked up at this opportunity to go into a residency and specialize. So I think it was probably, you know, my first year of school and thereafter I knew I wanted to go the residency. I always felt like that was a good fit for me. I felt like it would challenge me, it'd network, I'd have better networking connections and whatnot. So I always knew residency was a route I wanted to go. And then when I finished school and applied the first time around, I actually didn't get in right away. So that's why I ended up working for a year. So my first year, I had applied to several schools and interviewed a couple of times and didn't get in, which was a big bummer for me. Um, but in the grand scheme of things, it was a very humbling experience, too. So then I worked for a year in outpatient orthopedics and just kind of got my feet wet a little bit trial by fire your first year out as a, as a new grad in a fast paced clinic. And then reapplied for residencies the next time around um, and got in, luckily, at M Health Fairview. And then that's kind of the, the story from there. But I always knew residency was something I wanted to do. I thought there probably were ways to get to my goal without doing a residency. But from people that I talked to and past residents, I felt, felt like that was a really good fit for me. And I always wanted to be able to go through a little bit more structured mentoring process. And that was another big reason residency um, seemed like a better plan to me than just trying to get all my experience working in the field. Right. And so 
you've, you know, new residency was kind of the path you wanted to go on. Um, but what drew you to M Health's residency in particular? Obviously, close to home, but was there any other factors that kind of drew you to the, that particular program? Yeah, so I'd be the first to admit that I probably didn't cast a very big net my first time around. Like, I knew I wanted to stay local, so I, I did a lot of the schools in the Midwest and then branched it a little bit my second time around. But M Health was one of the, the programs I had applied to both times. And being close to home was obviously nice. That was big um, with my family being here and my fiance being from the Midwest at the time, my wife now being from the Midwest. But the big thing for me was just the fit, the feel. Um, it felt very comfortable. Like both times I applied with them and interviewed with them, it just felt like a very, um, the relationships with all the mentors felt good right off the bat. The interview process didn't seem as intimidating as other pl places. Like it seemed like it was a very conversational interview process. It felt like they truly cared about getting to know you as a person, as a human, rather than just, you know, are you going to be a good PT for our, and you know, make our numbers look good kind of thing. Like they really do want the best for you. And then they had a couple of unique opportunities that with their affiliations with uh, the University of Minnesota a little bit, I guess that's more recent too. And then some of the high school and division three collegiate experiences that we got. And then several of the past residents had gone on to work in, in professional sports at some capacity. So I knew that there was a good track record from that respect too. So those are probably the biggest things, but it ultimately came down just to kind of gut decision feel for me. Like I felt like it was the best fit for me. Right. And you know, that fit is like one of the most important things because uh, people, you know, you don't want to just do a residency, just get the letters behind your name. Cause you can always just sit for the test and, you know, apply for a yeah. uh, specialty certification, but that fit and that, um, good feeling you get with mentors is obviously an important factor because you spend a lot of time with those those people. Um, so yeah, I want to talk a little bit more about your time after residency. So you just started working with uh, the Giants down in Arizona mm -hmm. for their minor league system in August. Yep. Uh, so did you always know you wanted to work in baseball or it was that something, an opportunity and you saw you wanted to just do sports and you know, this is like a very high level opportunity. Yeah, I would say it was more of the latter. Like I didn't go into residency being like, one of those guys that was diehard baseball. I want to do baseball. I'm going to do an upper extremity fellowship. Um, I actually had applied in residency, had applied for some of the division one fellowship positions. Um, there's not very many of them, but I had applied for a few. And that was more so because I knew I wanted to continue working with high level athletes, but I didn't know necessarily that what sport I wanted to go into. And that's why I felt like, I guess the division one fellowships appealed to me more because you had the chance to work with so many different sports and so many different athletes whereas the upper extremity fellowships you do end up kind of centering most of your attention on on baseball and i grew up playing baseball and played throughout high school so i feel very familiar with it and i i really do enjoy baseball but i wouldn't say that i expected to go into baseball coming out of residency but the opportunity presented itself and like you said i knew i wanted to work with high level athletes. So I feel like it was a great opportunity for me. And I, you know, I think it was for me probably more so right place, right time and a little bit of luck that it all worked out for me, but it's been a great experience so far. Right. Um, and so going back to uh, your time in residency, what are some things that you experienced uh, throughout your residency program that you felt prepared you to kind of work at the higher level, um, higher level sports? 
Yeah, I think the one nice thing, like I said earlier, with the M Health Fairview residency, at least when I was there, I think things are changing quite a bit since I've left since I left last year. Excuse me. But part of our training room experience was in the high school training room, which was awesome. But then half of our residency year was spent in one of the local Division Three training rooms. And that was kind of cool because I was actually in the training room in the spring at the college. So I was able to spend a little more time with the, the baseball team, with the athletic trainer and whatnot, just because um, he was always wanting another set of hands to, to go help out with stuff at the field and whatnot. So I was able to spend more time there. And I feel like spending the time in the collegiate setting athletic training room was really nice to not only learn from athletic trainers, but then it gave me kind of a taste of, you know, I wanted to do more of it. I only had, I think, four hours a week there. And that's what I wanted to do more of. So if anything that showed me, you know, or kind of confirmed, I guess, my um, my wish to get into, like, have my whole caseload be high-level athletes. So I think that was big for me. And I think that little bit of work with the baseball team helped prepare me. I also had the chance to, for about three days, two days in June of last year, come down to Arizona and actually work with one of our former residents who's now working with one of the minor league teams down here as well, a different team in Arizona. But I got to spend like three days with him and just see what the lifestyle was like. So when the job um, with the Giants opened up, I kind of knew what I was getting myself into, not to like the fullest extent, but had a little bit of an idea, which helped. So I felt like I felt like I was prepared from residency, from working with some of the higher level athletes and being in the collegiate uh, experience and then had an idea of what to expect going into my job interview, which was definitely helpful. Right. Absolutely. Having, having someone that's been through it and seeing kind of how their day-to-day goes is definitely a huge inside help. So a more like kind of clinical question. So now that the season's kind of wrapped up and you kind of hopped in mid season um, and I know working (laughs) the minor leagues is a little bit different than working like on the, at the major league level, but how does your Mm -hmm. day-to-day change from when it's in season versus out of season? Yeah, so I came in at the tail end of the the season, like you said, in August. So at that point, we were still working six days a week. So we worked uh, Monday through Saturday with Sundays off. So the schedule itself was just busier in season, and we definitely had more of a caseload. Um, once the minor league season wrapped up, and once the, the major league season as well wrapped up, now that we're in our quote-unquote off season, it's back to just five days a week, and the caseload's a lot less. And that's mainly because... Um, Certain players that are from, you know, maybe from a different country or different geographical region, they if they have a PT in that area that they're used to working with, they can go home. Um, or if they're going to do their throwing program with someone, they can a lot of times do that with someone back at their affiliate um, location. So our caseload itself has dropped. So right now, I would say, like, my day-to-day is probably only between, like, four to six hours of daily go into the training room, do rehab stuff. And it's only five days a week. Um, but that's going to ramp up pretty quick here. So yeah, as, as spring training comes along and uh, starting a couple of months, I think it's definitely going to ramp up. <laughs> um, yeah, I think once spring training rolls around, we're, there's at least a span of time where we're seven days a week for several weeks and then six days a week throughout most of the season. So I think, I think most positions, you know, at least in the minor league level, like I'm at our, our salary position. So I think when you, actually weigh out the time it probably does even itself out pretty well since we're pretty light right now in the off season and then get pretty you know heavy hours in the spring training for sure and then throughout the summer months right and so um you know as 
you guys are coming up back to and you know hopefully ending some rehabs as they're you know getting ready to return back to sport uh what goes into that like how do you improve your return to sport decision making process um because you know as out of pt school they give you like you come out as a generalist you can work in pretty much any setting um so like that sports background isn't as strong so how do you kind of work on like honing those skills and learning when a player is getting back to sport like what they need and what they need to get back like physically and like psychologically to get back into returning to play yeah that's a good question i think that's something that's kind of continuously evolving too and depends a lot on the sport you're going back to so for me um i mean i learned a lot of the return to sport decision making process like you said probably more so through residency than through pt school and then now that I'm on with the Giants, I would say, you know, 95% of our caseload is an upper extremity injury of some kind. We have a few lower extremity ones, but you definitely don't see them as frequently as your shoulder and your elbow injuries. I mean, so the big thing for us, you know, if we're taking them through the rehab process is making sure, you know, your, your typical standards of getting your range of motion looking better and more symmetrical, um, building your strength back up, and then making sure that they can tolerate some of these these things um every organization is going to have something different in terms of whether they're looking at specific like external rotation to internal rotation strength ratios and a certain benchmark for um like shoulder flexion and external rotation so these windows they want them to fall into so i think at this level that i'm at it definitely varies organizationally i think ways to you know just get better at understanding that as a whole at least that i tried to do was residency was huge for me so there's all kinds of continuing education courses um out there i know i took some on on medbridge and i know evidence in motion has quite a few and just just various courses that can help you improve those skills or i know the um why am i blanking on the name like mobilize like the sports academy like the CEU opportunities on there, they have a lot of talks that are discussing return to sports. So if you want to just hone your knowledge in general, I think there's some really easy and potentially free ways to do that, which are beneficial, especially as a young clinician. But it's something that I'm continuing to learn and continuing to get better at as well. Right. Um, and so as you have been working, you know, with the team for a while now, uh, how is for the minor league system? How is it set up sports medicine team wise? Like. Um, is there, you're obviously working with physicians and athletic trainers, but, um, how do you guys kind of divvy up athletes, you know, when they're injured, how do you like determine who goes to athletic trainers versus who goes to physical therapists? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, this is definitely like, I definitely saw the collaborative model when I was in residency and at the collegiate level and to an extent at the high school level, but this is by far, I can say the most collaborative effort I've ever seen from a sports medicine approach. So the, the way it typically works, so we have long-term rehab guys. They typically are staying like a Tommy John or a shoulder surgery, um, you know, maybe post-op of, I guess, post-op of any kind, really. We typically handle most of their day-to-day -day stuff. So we're doing their, their rehab programming. Um, we're doing their daily treatments, whether that be soft tissue, range of motion, um, modalities, needling, whatever that may be. We handle a majority of that for the guys that are long-term. And then we have, so we have athletic trainers, we have the medical team. So we have the physicians, um, family practice, the surgeons, obviously. And then we also have a lot of strength and conditioning professionals. And then we specifically have 
like minor league strength and conditioning specialists that are rehab specialists. So they're, they're the like the minor league rehab strength and conditioning person. So those people are huge for us. We utilize them all the time in terms of modifying workouts, but trying to get them back into that team lift atmosphere as much as we can. So um, I guess breaking it down, we do a lot of the treatment, the day-to-day stuff. The athletic trainers help us with that. They handle definitely more of the day-to-day minor injury type stuff if they're not technically a rehab player. Um, But they'll help us with needling and treatments as needed too. And then we, like I said, we, we have so much help from the strength and conditioning team, which is huge. And that's that this is the first time I've been exposed to something like that. And it's, it's amazing. I can't, <laughs> I can't imagine like having to figure out all of the planning because they're so good at, they're so good at what they do. And then you throw in the aspect of they know how to handle and modify all these lists based on a specific injury. So that's huge for us to have that help in the weight room. Gotcha. And so kind of talking a little bit more about the sports medicine team and uh, working with strength coaches and you know physicians and trainers, what goes into like good communication amongst them? Um, especially if you guys have lots of athletes that are all shared amongst you all, uh, how do you kind of make sure that everyone is on the same page so the athlete feels secure and then feels like they're being taken care of? Yeah, so we'll do we'll do we'll usually do weekly meetings and just discuss the plan for the week early in the week. You know who's which players uh, progressing their throwing program, which players doing this, uh, et cetera. But I think the big thing is just constant communication. And, and if anything, it's probably better to be, in my limited experience, I'm one of those people I'm more likely to ask a question than to not. Like if you're unsure about something, you know, use your resources. These people have been, a lot of the people that you work with in this setting have been around for a while and are more than willing to help. So. I think the biggest thing is just don't be nervous to to ask questions or don't be nervous to constantly try to communicate with both the, you know, consistently communicate with the players, but also the strength and conditioning coaches, the athletic trainers and whatnot. I think having just the open lines of communication and knowing that even if you have, even if you ask a question that you think might be kind of a dumb question at the time, it's probably not just because you haven't experienced it. So those are the biggest things that I've asking asking questions no matter how dumb they may sound you know might save you a lot of trouble you know if you, down the road i've, I've learned that the hard yeah, way I mean, unfortunately <laughs> yeah i i did too throughout school and throughout clinicals and whatnot it's one of those things where it takes like two seconds to ask it and then it's one of those things usually if you if you hear it a couple of times you're not going to forget it so i'd rather be i guess i'd rather err on the side of caution if it's something um that i'm nervous about it's i feel like it's smarter to to get ideas from other people instead of just um, instead of just going into it a little bit more blind. Exactly. All right. Um, so why is sports PT fulfilling to you? So like you worked outpatient orthopedics, obviously, and you kind of knew residents with your route. But what is it about sports PT that makes you, you know, get up every morning, you know, lo- kind of love your job? Yeah. So, I mean, I grew up playing sports like <clears> – <throat> I grew up in a super small town, so my old, my three older brothers all played sports. My dad was a football coach and basketball coach, so I always tell people like my like legitimately my earliest memories of sports are being like the water boy and the getting the tee off the football field during kickoffs and stuff with my dad and my brothers. So sports were such a huge part of my life, and I think I was one of those odd people that went into PT school and never like I never had a serious injury that I needed to go to PT for like growing up throughout high school sports, where I feel like you know. 
a majority of my classmates went into PT because they got hurt in high school and wanted to go into it after their experience in PT. So I was a little bit rare from that standpoint, but sports were such a big part of my life growing up that I don't think that I would have handled it well getting hurt. So I always felt so bad for my friends and um, my teammates and stuff going through the seasons because I was like, man, I can't imagine what it would be like to not be able to play this sport for however many months and not get to do what you love. So I felt like sports PT was just kind of the perfect blend of working with athletes, getting them back to doing what they love. And then also just the, the added benefit of just helping people in general. And then, like I said, going into school, I knew I wanted to do sports PT. And then throughout my clinical rotations and throughout residency, every time I had a really athletic person on my schedule or a, you know, a younger athlete, or I guess not even younger in general, just like someone who really likes sports. I realized that those are like my best sessions of the day in terms of the most enjoyable for me, probably like planning their planning their rehab sessions, getting them back to what they're doing, see how excited they are about getting back to the sport or activity they love. And that's when it was like, well, if I can get a job that that's my entire caseload is, is these kind of people, then, then that's like the icing on the cake. Yeah, I totally agree. Every time I get, um, I have a couple of rehab, like long-term ACL rehabs right now and working with them and, you know, seeing them kind of progress all the way from, you know, immobilizer and crutches to now they're, you know, squatting really heavy. And like, that's, that's the best part of my day when I get to work with those types of patients. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So why don't you give us a little bit of background, like a day in the life of, you know, in season, what it's like to be you kind of walk us through from the time you get up kind of to when you're wrapping up your day. Yeah. So right now, off season wise, it just depends on, well, we typically are starting right now, now that fall league is over because we had fall league at our, at our location. So our rehab schedule is weird, but a typical day would be, uh, we start rehab right now at about 10. So I get in at, try to get in at like 8.45 or 9 usually, just get stuff prepped, get rehab plans for my guys prepped. We just break that up between myself and the other minor league PT. He has a majority of it. He's been with the team for quite a while. He's He's been really a nice like transition for me, helping me get used to things. So he gets his plans ready. I get my plans ready. We print out their plans, kind of get the, the training room set up, go through rehab. And then we usually have a group of throwers that starts at a specific time. So we kind of know, okay, if we're going to throw at 11 a.m., that we need to get all of these guys ready, stretched, get their plyos, their, their prep routines done beforehand. And then the guys that aren't throwing can get rehab throughout that time while the other guys are throwing. And then right now we probably... They only throw for probably like an hour or so when it's all said and done from start to finish. And then they come back and do their lifts and get post treatments. And I would say most days right now I'm out of there by once I finish up writing notes, I'm out of there by probably around 2.30 or 3. So it's not a very long day. But that switches in season or at the tail end of the season. We were probably starting rehab every day at about 8. So I was in by try to get in by seven ish, a little after seven, seven fifteen. Same idea, just get everything prepped and ready for the day. Players would come in, do a lot of rehab, do a lot of prep for the day. They'd go outside and do daily conditioning movement type stuff. Do their daily lift, do their daily um, mobility routines and what whatnot. Do their throwing programs. Come back in. Uh, we had lunch at like twelve thirty, which is that's another nice thing about working like in the minor leagues is that these facilities all have like chefs that cook for you. So that's pretty sweet to 
get lunch made for you every day and not to worry about it. Um, lunch and then they'd some guys would still have like we do some stuff post lunch with them. But I'd say the days at the end of the season for me when I started were probably seven to two or three. So a little bit longer, but realistically not bad. And I, I like I said, I haven't went through a, a spring training season yet, so we'll see what that has to bring. But definitely more hours. Yeah, I'm sure it'll probably be a little bit longer than that. So, um, oh yeah. So even in your short time, is there any memory that stands out? You know, whether it be on the field or just being in the facility or you know, kind of working for the team, anything that stands out the most? I think the biggest thing is just like for me is when I first started, they had no idea who I was. They also thought we get a lot of PT students. So they just assumed I was another PT student. So they, they, <laughs> they all kept asking me how long I was going to be there for, which was like, I know trying to answer that, like, well, hopefully indefinitely, hopefully for a long time. <laughs> um, I think the biggest thing for me that's been cool is just, you start to get to, you see these guys every day, especially the long-term rehab guys. So getting to know them and then, like just getting to know them better throughout the rehab process and then seeing them be able to progress to like, you know, they're doing all their Tommy John rehab and then it's day one of day one of throwing for them is like Christmas, you know, it's a, it's super exciting. They get super fired up. So that's been really cool for me to see that process of going from just kind of standard rehab care to being able to get back to doing what they love. And then, like I said, just developing the relationships has been really cool and having people be really appreciative that you're there every day to help them get back to what they're doing has been awesome. Awesome. And uh, last question for you before I get you out of here. Do you have any advice for any aspiring sports PTs, whether you know they're at the undergraduate level, they're in PT school currently, or they're kind of like early career professionals? Yeah. I mean, I think when I look back at where I'm at now and I feel like I'm just truly blessed and humbled to be at this position. And I think about all, all the people that I saw in these positions and you always hear the success stories of, of the, you know, they got to where they wanted to be, but sometimes you don't hear about like the trials, the tribulations. And mine definitely wasn't as difficult as other people's, but you know, like I didn't get into residency right away. Like I had to, you know, fight through a little bit of adversity. And I think for people, if you really want to get into these, these high level sports jobs, um, just like the grit, the determination to keep pushing, like people will, will respect that if you, you know, keep trying, keep putting your best foot forward kind of thing, learn from your mistakes and learn from your past experiences. Um, a big thing for me is like sometimes these jobs and these positions like don't work out and that's not because you're not qualified enough for it. It's just because you might not be the best fit at that point in time. So I think that's, that was probably the biggest thing for me that I'd say, you know, for people looking to get into it. And then, as far as just advancing yourself, like I, I don't think I would say like I wouldn't have gotten my job without residency. So I'm a big advocate for residency. But if you're not going to go through a residency, like build a good networking, you know, community, like find people who will be good mentors for you. And then, you know, if you're trying to build your knowledge base, one of my mentors, it still sticks with me, told me, you know, out of school, it's going to be really tempting to take all these like fancy um CE classes you're going to do like needling and all the soft tissue manipulation type stuff and X, Y, and Z. And he's like, my piece of advice would be, be really good at the basics. Like be really good at know your anatomy, you know, know, know these movements and what to look for in these dysfunctions. And I took that to heart. And that was like a big thing that I did right out of school. My first year was I took a lot of classes, but they were more like the basics. And I feel like you have to be really good at the basics to be a good PT regardless of what field you go into. 
So I think that's one thing to keep in mind. Like some of the stuff might look really appealing because it's so flashy and new and exciting. But if you're really good at the basics and uh, you will tend to be a very good PT moving forward. Okay, perfect. I think that's all good advice that, you know, anybody that wants to get into the sports field, whether, you know, at any setting, you know, being good at the basics will kind of make you stand out more than more than most. Um, Tom, Mm -hmm. thank you so much for your time. This has been really great. And thank you for sharing your experiences. Um, is there anything that you'd like to plug any social media or anything like that? Um, I do. I mean, I'm more active from a PT standpoint on Twitter. I have an Instagram, but I don't really do a whole lot sports wise on there, but I have a Twitter, um, account that I can't even remember what my handle is right now, but, uh, I think it's, it's, if you search Tom Battaglia, I think I'm one of the few probably Tom Battaglia's that would, would pop up. So, (laughs) all right, well, I'll make sure I find that and I'll link that in the, um, the description below. Well, Tom, again, thank you so much for your time. And this has been the latest episode of the Sports Rehab Experts podcast. Huge shout out to Tom of the San Francisco Giants for coming on to the latest episode of the Sports Rehab Experts podcast. He talks about his residency journey and how it led him to his current job in the MLB. If you like today's podcast and want to hear more from great future guests, Please like and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you're listening. Thanks.